Hi there everyone, Michael A. Bryan here from the Oraculos School of Astrology. And today we are starting something new here on the Oraculos podcast called Michael's Astrology Hotline. On Michael's Astrology Hotline, we're going to be doing something that I've wanted to do for quite some time, which is have people come on the show and essentially ask questions about their charts. I think it's going to be super fun for me, and I hope that it's going to be super insightful for you and also for everybody who is joining on the show for the hotline. I definitely hope that it's super informative as well as helpful for you as well. If you want to hop on to Michael's Astrology Hotline, please feel free to check out our services page on www.oraculosastrology.com so that you can be a guest on the show as well with your chart and with your questions. Also, final thing that I wanted to plug is that we do have our upcoming Foundations of Classical Astrology program, which begins this October 1st, 2022. And the Foundations of Classical Astrology is where you learn everything you need to know in order to really begin practicing a lifetime of excellence in astrology. So if you've always wanted to master traditional astrology and bring that deeply into your current astrological practice, or if you don't have an astrological practice and you're looking at mastering traditional astrology as being the primary thing that you do as an astrologer in the future, then by all means, join us in our upcoming Foundations of Classical Astrology program, which begins this October 1st, 2022. And you can sign up for that as well on our website at www.oraculosastrology.com. And if you enjoy today's episode of Michael's Astrology Hotline, then by all means, like this video, or if you're listening to it on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Anchor FM, please do share this podcast with all of your other astrologically minded friends, because we love having you here with us. All right. So today I am sitting here with Louise. Hi, Louise. Hi. How are you? I'm great. Excited. Awesome. 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 Okay, Louise, so before we dive into your reading, I just wanted to get a sense from you of what was really coming up for you right now that you really wanted us to be focusing on today. Well, actually, I'm really um, interested to know what my natal promise and my solar return through your um, vision um, is showing um, with respect to these, this upcoming um, busyness that's leading this week, uh, maybe culminating for me and for many um, on August 1st and perhaps uh, the 11th, mm -hmm. those are some days I'm thinking about, but just uh, with the nodes and my node, um, North node uh, <laughs> uh, in Leo, which is right in the middle of all this. Um, so I'm, and my, part of fortune, as I mentioned earlier, uh, in my particular chart, which is actually sitting right there with um, Mars, uh, the North Node and Uranus. So thank you so much for sharing that. And I also wanted to dive in more specifically to a particular area of life, because a lot of traditional astrology is really topic based. So if you had a particular area of life that you wanted for me to focus on or really emphasize within the context of what we're doing today, that would be really helpful as well. <laughs> so many. Well, you know, certainly. So I, I definitely am interested to see how um, 
career as connected to creative endeavors um, uh, unfolds or, or is being supported um, or how it's being supported and, and how that can, how I can use that information to be successful in that area upcoming. And I would also say, I mean, obviously the, my, my eighth house, which is where my North Node in Leo is, is obviously, um, uh, you know, on, on board or, you know, so I guess we're looking at those areas. And oh, if, I'm open, of course, to anything else that you might see that you think um, would be relevant and helpful. Great stuff. Thank you so much. All right. So here we have your chart, Louise. And for those of you interested, the chart information is the 24th of March, 1962 at 1237 a.m. So that's midnight in New York, New York. And the ascendant of the chart is 20 degrees Sagittarius, 43 minutes. And the midheaven is 12 degrees Libra, 27 minutes. Is this correct for you, Louise? Yes. Awesome. And also, just so that you all know, the house system that I'm using is Reggio Montana's houses. So if you want to follow along, then Reggio is definitely the house system that you should use here. So within your chart, I saw some really interesting things. But one of the interesting things that stood out for me within your chart, Louise, is that you have the ruler of your ascendant, Jupiter, at 29 degrees Aquarius, 37 minutes, in the second house. Now, one of the things that we hear about having the Lord of the Ascendant in the second house traditionally is that that usually is something that predisposes a person to an entrepreneurial background or to some form of entrepreneurship. And this is equally true having the ruler of the second house in the first house or having the ruler of the first house in the second house. It oftentimes indicates that there's an entrepreneurial stream that the person is leaning towards. And so that can be something that you just have within yourself in general, a very strong urge towards a more entrepreneurial work effort, essentially. Now, the other thing with your Jupiter is that your Jupiter is at 29 degrees Aquarius, and the 29th degree of any sign is called the anoretic degree. And usually when we have something at the anoretic degree, we say that that thing is representing an area of crisis within the life of the person. And so for you specifically, this Jupiter, the ruler of your ascendant at the 29th degree in the second house, is saying that you may find yourself very often on a crisis arc. And what that crisis arc looks like, an author who I enjoy once described it as being, uh, you've either just gotten out of a crisis, are in a crisis, or find yourself in a process where you feel as if you're going to be entering a crisis. And so what that really indicates is that there's this feeling that you have a very high aptitude for handling crises in general, because within the lived experience of your life, you find that to be a role that you oftentimes get placed in, or you find that to be a role that you oftentimes get thrusted into. And so this isn't necessarily a bad thing. At best, it could be a little bit edgy and it can also feel like a bit of a stressful thing, but it isn't necessarily a bad thing because I think that that ability to handle crises and to you know, grow where you find yourself landing in life, wherever that may be, I think that that is really a 
symbol of versatility that you carry with yourself within the context of how you approach life, but probably also how you would approach things if you did have more of an entrepreneurial work path, essentially. And I think that that level of crisis management is a very important thing that people need in terms of becoming entrepreneurs in general. Now, the other thing that ties into this piece is that you have the Jupiter in opposition to Uranus. And Jupiter in opposition to Uranus is a very interesting combination because there are some people who consider it to be a good luck combination. And at the same time, there are some people who consider it to be the combination of getting struck by lightning. So both of those things, whether we interpret it as luck or whether we interpret it as getting struck by lightning, symbolizes that you, once again, find yourself having to really uh, pick yourself up wherever you're landed and you really have to charge forward in the face of a life that has not necessarily allowed you to grow simply or to, to grow in a, in a calming sort of environment or in a calming sort of way. And that's because Uranus, as we know, is a planet that we do associate with lightning. And so when we have you being Jupiter in opposition to Uranus, it does two things. One, it says that you can draw down lightning into yourself in terms of you have the ability to tap into creative streams and utilize those creative streams towards your own ends, basically. But on the other hand, Jupiter in opposition to Uranus or you being in opposition to Uranus within your own birth chart can say that you oftentimes feel out of step in terms of what's going on within the world around you or in society around you. And that can make you feel like a bit of not necessarily an outcast as much as more like someone who is very, very different from everybody else. And that's because Uranus is a planet that represents uniqueness but it also represents the ways in which we embrace our unique weirdness as well. And it says that that can be a very big thing for you, that the thoughts of your thinking might be different and avant-garde than other people around you. The way how you want to approach challenges and different situations in life may really be out of step with the general consensus of the orthodoxy around you. And on the one hand, that could be a point of frustration, especially if you want to make connections to people that actually um, makes you feel like you and those people are on the same page. But at the same time, that's also something that really ties into uh, an entrepreneurial endeavor if that's something that you wanted to do, because to be an entrepreneur is really to be out of step with the general crowd around you and really know how to do something that's special and that's individualized and that really represents who you are as a person. So I think both these things, both the Jupiter being uh, at the 29th degree, which is the anoretic degree, as well as being in opposition to the Uranus, are really helpful for you in terms of you doing something that's unique, in terms of you doing something that's completely yours. And also in terms of you doing that in a way where it hasn't been done before, essentially. Does any of that make sense to you? It makes a lot of sense to me. And um, on all those points, and just for clarification, I would say that I <clears throat> subscribe more to the number one, uh, which is 
drawing down lightning into myself and from creative streams, I actually have that experience a lot where I just receive information. And I'm very attuned to that being a Uranian phenomenon where just flashes of things come in. And uh, so that's one thing. And yeah, it's this is very um, validating. Awesome. 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 So Louise, from where we are right now, is there anything coming up for you in terms of a question about this specifically? Or, or, or how can we further get you to where you want to be right now? I don't know if I have a question. I would simply say, I mean, I could literally ask the question in a sense that you just posed, what can I use to really accelerate that? I think um, in my own experience, some of the Piscean, especially the Chiron there, uh, you know, and, and all the aspects as it mixes, you know, that can be uh, somewhat dissolving. Um, mm. um, in, you know, as you know, uh, <laughs> so for me, what it is, is really, uh, I guess, just trying to be very clear with those points. So as much clarity mm -hmm. shows itself and perhaps working with what's in the eighth house awesome. or, or whatever might be presenting itself currently with these upcoming um, transits as they hit me. I would love to hear about that. Okay, good stuff. So another point I wanted to mention in terms of the work piece specifically, because I know that that's something that you really expressed wanting to focus yes. on earlier, is that you have the Venus at 16 degrees of Aries, 43 minutes in the fourth house. And Venus for you is ruling your 10th house. And the 10th house is the house of career. It's also the house of the mother on one hand. And that's an entire realm of possibility that we can get into later, but it's specifically the house of the career. And when we see Venus being the ruler of your house of career in your fourth house, one of the things that says is that you are a person who can possibly also find a way to work from home, which I think ties into the whole notion of self-employment once again, because as we know, the fourth house is the house of home. And Venus ruling your 10th house there is saying that working from home could be something that you find a great deal of enjoyment in or really wanting to establish that as your primary means of how you work within the world could be a very big deal for you. I'm now, going to just jump in here and say to you that I do work from home uh, oh. exclusively now as of the eclipse uh, in May and um, that I prefer that and um, to the work that the new work that I'm doing that would be in addition to the work I currently am doing um, this additional work that's arising actually is connected to my mother mm. it's connected to both of my parents but my father is deceased for decades and so my mother is the as that has been her work and I am now coming into that as the entree and then it will be my own as well well are you comfortable with me going into the parental theme for a few minutes yeah awesome so within your chart i made some points about what's going on in your parental axis in traditional astrology we view the fourth house as being the house of the father and the home and we view the tenth house as being the house of the mother and the career and working with family dynamics and astrology is a very big deal for me and i really dove into that when i received your chart 
and you have the ruler of your fourth house, which would technically be representing your father within your chart in your third house. And if we apply the notion of derived houses to your chart, then the third house essentially becomes the 12th house of your father. And what that means when we have a parent within their own 12th house, particularly when we come to the case of the rule of the fourth house in his own 12th house being the third house, it oftentimes refers to a parent, or in this case, a father, who is either feeling distant or feeling separated, or as if he can't really connect with the larger family unit. Oftentimes when people have this, I, I've had clients who said, you know, my father was present as far as fatherhood is concerned, but he also would come home from work, sit down in front of the TV, and he did that for 50 years. And he never actually showed up in terms of parenting me in the way that I really would have wanted to be parented. So that's one side of the father within the third house piece. Another part of this is that you have your dad, which will be the Mars in opposition to Pluto. And having the father in opposition to Pluto becomes a very interesting sort of thing because, you know, Mars is in Pisces and Pisces is one of the signs of the zodiac that we call a mute sign or a silent sign. And we see you have Mercury there in Pisces as well. And this notion of Pisces being a mute sign comes from the fact that all of the water signs in general are mute signs because none of them are really represented by animals that can talk. You know, a crab doesn't really bark in the same way that a dog barks and a scorpion doesn't really make any audible voice or sound from its mouth. And neither do fish for the most part in terms of our understanding of animals and also our understanding of the zodiac. So one of the things that I've seen with this combination is that the father might be a very silent figure when we have that going on. But this Mars opposite Pluto brings in the sense of, you know, silent but deadly or silent in a way that might seem distant or not really connected. But the Pluto piece is making him feel even more disconnected from the actual family unit and even more disconnected from really being at least a very positively enriching part of the wider family dynamic. Some of the other things that I noticed about this is that even though it isn't apparent on the screen, in the same way as we have the part of fortune, which we see your part of fortune here within the fifth house, there are also other parts or other lots. And one of the lots is called the part of the father. And you're, within your chart, your part of the father is conjunct your south node exactly, I think. I think it's at 15 degrees Aquarius, which would make it conjunct the south node. And this oftentimes can indicate a sense of weakness or loss surrounding the father in particular, as if even if the father was there in all the ways he wanted to be there, he still couldn't actually fully show up in a sense. And it could also be a sense of feeling as if you missed out on or really lost um, a real paternal figure in your life in that sense. Which brings us interestingly to the maternal dynamic because you have the ruler of the 10th house in the fourth house. 
And very often when that happens, it says that, you know, mom and mom's story becomes the dominating theme within the household and home. And maybe that's because the father wasn't there for his story to be as dominant as mom's story. Or maybe that's because some other aspect or component of mom's story made her this overarching main primary figure within the home that really had to step in or that really had to be present where the father wasn't. Does any of that make sense to you? It does. Uh, to elaborate, I would just say that there was a, a time in my life early on where uh, my father was very involved and my parents ended their marriage, although remained friends, like a good Taurus and Virgo will often do. Mm -hmm. uh, and they had a very positive, fine relationship after the dust settled. However, my father enjoyed a very powerful career um, in the arts and traveled a lot and lived outside of where I was living at the time uh, and away from that. And in a sense, even his legacy is something that I'm trying to retrieve uh, because it's sort of, it's there, but it isn't really, I'm the one who will have to sort of, if I do, you know, sort of fish it out and and uh, frame it and establish it, so, you know, which is potentially part of some of the work I might be doing. Mm -hmm. So yes, that's the case. But it, so in terms of that and, and what you said about the mother being more dominant, personality-wise, that certainly was true a lot of the time. And her own story and work in the, in the creative field is quite dynamic in a different way. Mm -hmm. uh, and I have more access to that simply because she's still here and it was more, you know, there were more elements in it that I could grab a hold of versus mm -hmm. facts or um, media that had been established with my father, for example. So yeah, interesting. It's an interesting way, but I'm essentially validating, yes, that this is uh, absolutely true. Mm -hmm. Awesome, awesome. And, and Louise, just in terms of the maternal uh, piece of this, I mean, there's a, a very big maternal story here as well, because uh, so even though in general, we do take the ruler of the 10th house as the specific significator of the mother, we also take the moon as, you know, universally to represent the mother. And within your chart, you do have the moon within a square relationship with the Saturn within a three degree orb, but that still carries a very particular storyline and it still carries a very particular energy with it. And yes. Yeah, and, and oftentimes when people have uh, moon Saturn, it feels as if the maternal figure, even though she is present, and I'm looking at the fourth house with the Venus there, which says and mom is very present and mom's story becomes the story within the household environment. And I think you said that your dad lived very far away from you so that there was this close connection to the mother in general. And, and, you know, and slash or but, you know, what does a close connection actually mean to the mother or to you with your mother when that connection is also having the moon Saturn piece of things? Uh, and, and the moon Saturn piece of things, when we see the moon in Scorpio, you know, I tend not to be a very signed to the zodiac, 
based astrologer for the most part, but there is something very potent about seeing a moon in Scorpio or a moon in Capricorn, particularly insofar as the maternal story is concerned. And so when someone has the moon in Scorpio, it can oftentimes indicate that person, which in this case would be you, having to be either the secret keeper for the family or having to be the person who deals with the dirt of the family or having to be the person who has to carry the brunt of the disillusion or the separations that occur in the family as a part of your specific karmic burden. And that might be something that you potentially feel yourself carrying more strongly even than your siblings. Because when we have the moon in Scorpio, especially the moon in Scorpio in a square relationship with the Saturn that you have in Aquarius, it says that the, the holding together of the family unit, it probably falls on my shoulders and it probably falls on my shoulders far earlier than other people around me because it was expected that I would be the person to do that sort of thing. It was expected that I'd be the person to essentially make sure that, to make sure in all of the cases, to, to make sure that there was... Um, things in place for my mother, to make sure that there were things in place for my dad, to make sure that everyone really had what they needed, even if it didn't necessarily leave you feeling as if you were truly nurtured or as if you truly had what you needed, you see? Mm -hmm. Does that make sense for you? It does make sense for me. Although I will say that primarily more just really me having to transform the disillusion or the difficulties and choosing to do that instead of uh, to choosing to do that directly through work uh, that I do and throughout my life. Mm -hmm. However, it's certainly been a tremendous treasure in terms of the evolution of myself as well as what I'm able to do for others. So in that sense, but it is absolutely true. And I would also say that there is a theme um, of individuality that is strong with both of my parents, uh, mm -hmm. both not of the typical, well, my mother is not from the Amer uh, United States and my father was um, a person of a mixed background, uh, mm -hmm. and a very unusual background um, that enabled, and th these qualities of my parents enabled them to be anomaly for their respective cultures and do really very Uranian kinds of things, which is very wonderful. In a sense, my parents gave me a dream, but they were dreaming. <laughs> they were riding the wave of the dream. And there's a lot of things that don't get taken into consideration <laughs> in the more traditional senses. So in that sense, holding together myself and holding together, you not family per se, but what that what you're right on because i have to say that within me a deep yearning for having this uh, family if you will mm -hmm. uh and even of my own mm -hmm. has been a tremendous arduous process of deep transformation gathering new information that i never received per se in my environment so mm -hmm. in that sense yes hold and then also having to hold myself Mm -hmm. And I wasn't able to have that and to recognize, oh, this isn't happening because you did not see this as part of what has to occur if you're doing family or if you're having this 
come through a family. Of course, now, um, you know, life has progressed and moved on. But yes, so for me, it's very much about the theme mm -hmm. and the reality of what it is to have a family and, a, you know, uh, that was the brunt here. So mm. absolutely right on just in a slightly different way. Louise, thank you so much for sharing that as well, because I think that as you share that context to what it is we're doing and to what it is we're seeing within your chart. And I, I, I wanna lean into the Arabic parts just a little bit more, because I think another thing that I found interesting was you have the ruler of your third house of siblings as the same planet as the ruler of your first house of you. So oftentimes when we have that, clearly there's a bit of a confusion because, okay, do I interpret the Jupiter as being you or do I interpret the Jupiter as being your siblings? So I think one of the good parts about this is that the Arabic parts does also provide us a means for looking specifically at the part of the siblings because that is one of the Arabic parts. And the part of the siblings for you is a 29 degrees Scorpio in your 12th house, which means it's literally squaring your natal Jupiter. So if we consider your siblings to be represented by this part of the siblings, which would be in the 12th house squaring your natal Jupiter, then one of the things that that brings up is that that can signify a sense of hardship or disruption or a sense of warfare between you and your siblings. And it could ultimately represent a sense of a rift between you and your siblings. And one of the things that really st stood out for me while I was thinking about this, I kept on getting the internal hit about this being a brother or there being brothers involved. And I mean, clearly we're talking about Jupiter also being the rule of your third house of siblings. And we know that Jupiter is a masculine planet. So I think that's probably where it was going for me. But there is this sense that there is a fundamental sense of oil and water there essentially through the part of the siblings which like i said is a 29 degrees scorpio in your 12th house which when we have something in our 12th house that's the thing that we don't want to talk about so if you had the ruler of your fourth house in your 12th house it would be dad is probably someone who i really don't want to talk about if you had the rule of your 10th house in the 12th house that would be mom is probably someone i don't really want to talk about the part of the siblings really carries the same energetic content as the ruler of the third house in terms of representing the siblings. And so having them in your 12th house creates a sense of, okay, my siblings aren't really a part of my life that I really, really want to lean into or talk about. And I think even if we just looked at the Jupiter and still took that Jupiter as being the main significator of your siblings, we have the Jupiter in opposition to the Uranus, which is carrying the same sort of energy as having the part of the siblings at 29 degrees Scorpio, both squaring the Uranus, which would indicate a rift or separation between you and your siblings, as well as squaring you. So does that make sense for you? Yeah. Mm -hmm. right. um, do you want me to elaborate on? Please, please. Just so briefly, I would just say that um, I um, have all half siblings, only one I grew up with, um, who was male. Mm -hmm. Both males are deceased and both males struggle a lot. And I, uh, in their own respective lives and the women seem to have less of that struggle, uh, mm -hmm. because there seems to be 
for different reasons, ways to, to move forth. So there's more strength in that sense. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that, uh, I, and I would just say it, it's, it's mo more about, for my own personal experience, it's how I was raised in relation to those, to my siblings. Mm -hmm. That sort of kept them away from me yeah in that sense so i learned to be without them mm -hmm. although you know i i have relationships with the siblings um uh, but it's just not you know it's not uh, very close in mm -hmm. some respects and it certainly it wasn't until later in life very much later where you know there was more of that effort um to just create some kind of framework there on mm -hmm. everyone's part mm -hmm. um, but it's definitely a very non-traditional family. Got it, got it, got it. Now, and in wrapping up this part of the conversation about that, you mentioned that the males really struggled in a deep way insofar as his siblings were concerned. And I just wanted to point out that if this third house is their first house, then that must mean that if we go all the way around the chart, then they are actually in their own 12th house as well, which is something that we saw with your dad being in his own 12th house. And we see this coming up again in terms of your siblings being in their own 12th house at the anoretic degree in opposition to the Uranus. And that can oftentimes indicate, you know, if I'm talking about a sibling or somebody else within your chart, it can indicate someone who has a difficult time really settling into a mental framework that's really supportive for them. So you have found a way to draw down the lightning and really, you know, use that as a means of grounding yourself. But given giving that same sort of dynamic to somebody else, that could probably be mental overload for them, or that could probably make them have a mental break of some sort, because it, it's difficult for them to really deal, especially with your siblings in this case being in their own 12th house, it will make it that much more difficult for them to deal with those challenges because the 12th house is literally also the place that we go to when we find it difficult to really integrate things. And so that could have been a part of that story as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. One question I wanted to ask you about this was, did you find that your brother, and I'm referencing the brother because for me, as I was uh, making notes before this, the brother theme kept on coming up. Did you find that your brother was in a relationship with someone who was too forceful or your brother was in a relationship with someone who was overbearing in probably a possessive, obsessive, compulsive sort of way? I don't, uh, well, I've had two brothers um, and I don't know, possibly one, possibly mm -hmm. one. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. And well, I mean, we could, you know, ignore that. But the only reason I was asking is because if this is the house of your siblings, then the seventh house from the house of your siblings would be the house of your siblings on marital relationships. And we see Pluto there, which is Pluto. So neither of them were married or to my knowledge in any long-term mm -hmm. relationship. So I don't actually know, but I, uh, I don't know, you know, right. Of course it could be, and I don't know everything, but for what I know, perhaps not, although uh, knowing the accuracy of astrology and of you, I'm sure that it's there somewhere. <laughs> got it, got it, got it. Okay, Louise, so we're going to head on over to your solar return chart within the time that we have left. All right, 
So Louise, we are here taking a look at your solar return chart, and it was a very interesting chart for me to study before we got on our call today. So have you looked at this yourself? Yes, a little bit. Okay, good stuff. And when you casted your own chart, did you cast it for New York City or did you cast it for where you currently are? I did what I, I cast it for New York, right? Okay. Yeah, 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 you, you're completely right. Uh, and I did listen to your wonderful lecture of the summer, <laughs> which I so appreciate. So yes, I did cast it for New York. Good, awesome, awesome. So one of the first things that we find happening in your chart, and one of the first things that I always do is I go to see where is the sole return ascendant in your natal chart. That gives us our clearest indication of the major theme that is manifesting within your life this year. And we have your sole return ascendant in your natal eighth house, relatively close to your north node, which I know is something that you wanted to know about, but it's in your eighth house. And what that means is that this year in general can feel like a year of endings. And by endings, it can mean either a business situation is coming to a close or a relationship could be coming to a close or there can be some larger sense of an ending and a separation within your life that feels akin to a dying process, essentially, or that feels akin to a massive letting go that doesn't actually feel as nice as we would want it to feel. I've had clients who've had the eighth house rising. And granted, this is just one piece. So I'm not hinging our entire interpretation just on this one piece, but it just lets you know a bit about what this means. I've had clients who've had the eighth house rising and in having that happen, they close their businesses. Or I've had other clients who've had the eighth house rising and in having that happen, they left a job or they left in general to be somewhere else within the world, because that's kind of the feeling that the eighth house gives us. It gives us a feeling of coming to the end of one chapter of our lives, which can feel a little bit stressful. It can also feel a little bit uneasy because, you know, who really enjoys the process of things falling apart? But I think within the context of that, it gives you the ability to tap on that inherent Jupiter Uranus strength that you have, which says, hey, I know how to be in the middle of a storm and still get stuff done. Or I know how to actually crisis control. And I think that this year is a great year that brings out that part of you that knows how to participate in crisis control. Because when we have the eighth house rising, it says, hey, you're going to have to let go of one part of your life and end one part of your life in a sense. That could be a relationship, that could be a job, that can be a relationship to a job in order for you to actually move forward and continue living your life in the way that you're intended to, which may not necessarily be the way that you want to, but the way that you're intended to, you see? Yes, that makes sense. Awesome. Uh, uh, Yes, that makes sense. Um, at the recent May eclipse, I did end one form of doing the work that I am continuing to do. And mm -hmm. that's been actually very positive. Um, and there are other endings uh, that I'm aware of. I don't know what's what, if anything, 
further will develop as this progresses for the next month or so. Um, however, yes, I'm having to make some very big adjustments. Um, and I do have concerns that they're even bigger than I already know them to be or um, things going on uh, with certain family. Okay. So that is something that I'm actually actively been engaging in for some time, for a year, maybe mm -hmm. more. But I'm actually going to be traveling soon, um, actually in the beginning of this next month to mm -hmm. start addressing and framing what has to occur. And it isn't very pleasant <laughs> because it's, you know, um, it's, it's a tremendous amount of work and it's potentially a very big mess. Um, mm -hmm. At the same time, it does have some very positive aspects because it will enable me to have control of a situation that I know that I can do very well with uh, in terms of making things better mm -hmm. and having things be positive for family. Okay. Shall I continue with this? Well, yeah, and I'm just wondering, is there anything else that you see around this? Uh, there's, I have a whole 10 paragraphs for this. Okay, I'll okay. be quiet. <laughs> so we've kind of put a bow on the general theme, which is that theme of endings and separations. And clearly, like I said earlier, that can invoke some level of anxiety as a result of those endings not necessarily being something that you want to really engage in at the moment. Now, another thing that we see is if we go to your natal chart and take a look at the aspects that this ascendant is picking up from your natal chart, we automatically see it picking up the square from Neptune. And when we have Neptune squaring the ascendant, when we have Neptune in any hard aspects to our soul return ascendant, whether it's our natal Neptune to the soul return ascendant, or whether it is the soul return Neptune to the soul return ascendant, it creates a general sense of overwhelm. Because the ascendant to a very large degree represents the environment that we find ourselves in. You know, some people say the ascendant is your persona that you put on in the world. But the ascendant is really the environment that you come from that forces you to put that persona on in the world in general. Right. So when you have Neptune squaring the ascendant, there can be a general sense of overwhelm or confusion or even drowning, in a sense, to use that visual imagery, because it just represents a lack of clarity in terms of how the air is panning out. And very often that can leave you feeling a little bit decentralized in terms of your ability to actually show up and in terms of your ability to actually do the things. Now, going back to your natal chart, you are probably accustomed to this already with the Jupiter at the anorectic degree in opposition to Uranus. So that is a native strength that you have to show up in confusing circumstances and get the work done. And this year is really calling on you and I dare say demanding you to show up in confusing circumstances and essentially get the work done. And it's also going to be forcing you to ask yourself some tough questions about who you are, what it is you contribute at any given point in time in any sphere of life, and, and what is your purpose here within the situation that's unfolding now. And the reason why I use that language is because your natal Jupiter at 29 degrees of Aquarius is at the bendings and particularly at the southern bending 
within the solar return chart, the bendings represent the square to the nodes. So your southern bending would be 25 degrees of Scorpio and we give it about a five degree orb. So we have your natal Jupiter showing up there. So the two things that that brings up is it brings up a massive challenge within you to figure out, you know, who am I and what am I actually doing in this situation? What am I being called to do? What is actually necessary for me to do at this time? Now, the other side of this is that it also, because Jupiter is representing your siblings, which is a thing that we can't really get away from, is that it's also asking the question, and how is this also impacting my wider circle of family? And in particular, how might my siblings also be involved in this shift or this change that's going to be occurring? So that's one thing that we see with the Jupiter squaring the Southern node in particular. With the moon squaring the ascendant, you have your natal moon ruling your eighth house. And the eighth house is, once again, a house of loss. It can also be a house of debt. So a house of possible financial loss as well. So with the moon squaring the ascendant, it can indicate a period of possible debt that you might find yourself entering or possibly losses on a financial level as well that's coming up and that's coming into the situation. And it's really begging the question about how you're spending your money, what you're doing with your money, what is your relationship to money in this year in general, because it's really forcing you in a position to question, you know, how you're valuing things, how you're valuing yourself, but also how you're taking care of yourself on a financial level. And that's what we see with your natal moon squaring the ascendant in the solar return chart. Now, I was going around to the Saturn at eight degrees Aquarius, squaring the solar return ascendant, which is a further corroboration of the things we've said previously. So Saturn squaring the ascendant could represent hard times and possibly separation. Saturn ascendant as a combination represents separations within the environment. And that's something that we find sometimes when someone is about to have a divorce, or that's something that we find when someone is about to leave a particular environment, which could have to do with moving and that sort of thing. But very often it has to do with the sense of, of Saturnian separations. And Saturnian separations don't necessarily feel very pleasant. And they also don't necessarily feel very nice or forgiving. They feel like, oh my God, this thing is happening. Why is this thing happening? And that can feel like a heaviness essentially, that's filling your environment and that's filling your concept of how you're moving through the environment in a way that doesn't actually make you feel like you want to get up and go. Because that's how Saturn is. When Saturn moves through our lives, it feels like we have a boulder connected to our ankles and it doesn't really give us the same amount of zeal or, or oomph that really makes us feel like we want to get up and go into action. And possibly that has to do with losses that you may experience within this coming year in terms of your immediate environment. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Is, is, this, is this feeling okay for me to continue? Or yeah, you... yeah, it's fine. Yes, it is fine. I'm listening. Okay. Okay. So the other piece that we have with this is that you have Mars, which is this Mars in your natal chart in a quincunx relationship to the ascendant. And this is the ascendant here. And Mars is representing in your natal chart, your family, 
as well as your 12th house. And the 12th house, as we know, is called traditionally a house of our hidden enemies, as well as a house of our self-undoing. And so all that really indicates is that this year can be a challenging year on a family level. And we see that corroborated within the solar return chart because there's the south node in the fourth house, which is adding a little nuance onto that, which feels like there's difficulty within the family circle. There's probably a sense of not necessarily being able to see eye to eye with people within the family circle, because the quincunx oftentimes acts as a separative aspect like mixing oil and water so there may not necessarily be a sense of being able to see eye to eye with people within the family circle and the south node within the fourth house also represents feeling as if there could be a a, a loss or as if there could be a feeling of an emptiness within the family household and home at this moment that's really being highlighted within the soul return chart so now, I will just say that uh, regarding the eye to eye, there actually is a non-family member who tries to insert themselves as a family member and getting involved in family business matters, creating mm. problems, and they've created problems uh, for me actually in trying to support my mother. And it's it's uh, these are not. Uh, it's not direct family. It's just, it's around the business, actually. There's just been, yeah, a lot of unfortunate. And that's part of the crisis. And it's part of me sort of going, oh, I can't believe I'm in this situation. It was fine before. Why is this person just, I know why, for their own self-interest, mm -hmm. um, which is really, it's actually incorrect. They shouldn't be doing that. They would have been fine and served maybe even well, better had they not but it created a lot of discord and confusion for my mother. And I'm having to somewhat rescue that. And, mm. uh, and I'm being somewhat not received so easily mm. um, because, because that's just, you know, sometimes how people are. And mm. so it absolutely makes me want to just sit on my hands and go, okay, well, never mind. We just won't participate, which will then stop the whole, that'll create the Saturnian. <laughs> rock that never leaves <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah so it's all happening wow okay well i mean first of all i just want to say i'm sorry to hear that that's something that you find yourself going through and i'm really honored and humbled that you'd be open to sharing that here because it, it really does give context to some of the things that i can see astrologically but you know there's so much more than just what I can see astrologically, it's your actual lived experience as well, you know? Yes, but as you know, and, and why we love this is because it is still, it is a light on the path mm -hmm. that keeps you on the path, mm -hmm. you know? So as it validates and offers all of the insights that you, you know, have brought right now, you know, that it just helps to move you on to keep on that path right and even as we encounter something very difficult which i've been doing for some time now mm -hmm. you know it's just yeah that's right that's what it is and and in truth you know when every i will just say this you know people are often very and none of us like saturnian pressure per se you know when it's really bad mm -hmm. us and we can do it but sometimes it's really just something we have to live with mm -hmm. and uh but at the end of the day 
usually these things clear up. The yeah. world keeps spinning. We have other things to concentrate on. Mm -hmm. And that's really what has to happen here. There's a lot of positivity. Um, so I just also want, I want to impart that message to anybody who should see this, that still with things going on, you have to find other pockets mm -hmm. uh, of life. All right, Louise. So based on what you're saying about the situation that you find yourself in currently, we see some of those 12th house themes through this Mars, which in your natal chart is ruling both your fourth house as well as your 12th house, we see more of that 12th house theme of possibly there being a hidden enemy of sorts within the family unit coming up for you within this moment. Do you feel as if you use that sort of language? And the only reason I'm saying that is because we know that the 12th house traditionally represents quote unquote hidden enemies. And in a more modern context, we could say the 12th house represents people who smile to us at our faces, but they have a hidden agenda of their own that they're trying to do unbeknownst to us. Uh, yes, I, I, I do feel that this is happening. Um, and I'm aware of the, uh, I'm aware, but I don't know the full agenda, but yes, I'm, I'm actually dealing with that in a number of people who are relating. They're not per se family. They are either satellite family through marriage or persons who have erroneously inserted themselves uh, in hopes of gaining uh, a position in the business of the family. Now, another thing that we see within this chart is that you have the sun in a trine relationship with the ascendant. And so that would be your natal sun, three degrees, airy, six minutes, in the trine relationship to the solar return ascendant, which clearly means that the solar return sun is also going to be in the trine relationship to the solar return ascendant. And within your natal chart, while the sun doesn't rule a house specifically, the sun is, from a traditional astrological perspective, the co-ruler of your eighth house insofar as we have the sign Leo intercepted within your eighth house using the Reggie Montana's houses. So what that says to us is that it's bringing up more a theme of these eighth house things coming into your life. Now, the eighth house, one of the things that I hadn't spoken about earlier was the relationship the eighth house has in terms of monies. And very often those monies are related to money that we have from a spouse or our spouse's money or something to that effect. But it also just represents this notion of inheritance and things that we receive from our ancestors in general. So what this is saying, having this sun trying the ascendant in this moment is it could be talking about things having to do with the family's relationship to the family's own wealth or the family's relationship to the family's own money coming up as being a thing of great importance at this moment for you as you move within the soul return year. Okay. Now, the other thing that we see here is that you have Venus in your soul return chart in a trine aspect to the ascendant as well. And Venus within your natal chart, we spoke about her already. She represents your mother. She also represents your profession. And here within this chart, we have 
both of those things becoming strongly highlighted by way of the Venus. Now, very often, when we just have the ruler of the 10th house aspecting the soul return ascendant, we tend to think about that, especially in the charts of adults, we tend to think about that having more to do with the person's career as opposed to the mother. But the reason why I'm going to go down the path of the mother in relationship to this Venus is because I know that that's also one of the concerns that you mentioned earlier about that relationship. And I think the soul return chart is corroborating that concern of yours and saying that within this coming period of time, both your career are going to be highlighted, but also your mother is being highlighted within this soul return year as being a very key player in how this year is unfolding for you. Yes. Now, what I mentioned or what I wrote down about this Venus is this Venus is ruling your fifth house, your sixth house, and your 10th house. And Venus ruling the fifth house has to do with pleasure. Venus ruling the sixth house has to do with stress. Venus ruling the 10th house has to do with your career. So if we weaved all of those things together, then that could read as uh, stressful situations in terms of the career are things that you find yourself really engaged in now. But those stressful situations in terms of your career is possibly a reprieve from some of the larger domestic stressors that you also find occurring within your family life. So it's like of these two things, even though my career circumstances may be shifting in a way that caused them to be less stable and probably less good feeling, it's still something I'm willing to focus my awareness on because if I really spend time focusing on what's happening within my family unit at the moment, that would probably just drive me up a wall. So of the two stressful things, the career is the thing that you're doing at this moment as more of a reprieve as opposed to turning to your family as a source of reprieve. Does that make sense? It makes sense. So here is what is actually happening. Turning to those, including uh, the new career directions that come as a result of through the family inheritance, mm -hmm. it's actually difficult because of the 12th house issues and those connections there that you discussed earlier However, my stepping in with my crisis interve intervening abilities is going to bring about a significantly reduced stress around my mother. Mm. Okay. So in a sense, I'm stepping in to assist her so that I don't have to so she's not in a difficulty and therefore I'm not having to work as much with her difficulty. And in the ultimate sense, it could be very pleasurable mm -hmm. uh, an expansion. And hope, hopefully that will be the case in the near, near, not too distant future, mm -hmm. but that yes, it is definitely a challenge at this point. Got it. Now, Louise, another thing that is coming up right now, especially as you mentioned that this is a challenge for you, is that we see that you have the parts of fortune at 18 degrees of Taurus, essentially in a square aspect to the ascendant 
as well. And something that I know you had mentioned earlier is that you know that Uranus is also going to be squaring your power to fortune. So all of these things collectively, you, you know, when we have Uranus in conjunction with our natal parts of fortune in any year of our lives, it can further highlight that one, we have a year of sudden changes unfolding and particularly sudden changes in terms of how you find stability in the world. And for some people that can look like sudden changes in terms of their real estate, sudden changes in terms of where they're living. And for other people that can look like sudden changes in terms of their career, basically. And you within this coming soul return year, you do have Uranus within the 10th house of the career, which is indicating the shifting landscape of the career that you find yourself in. And we also see that through the Uranus and the soul return chart and having a square relationship with soul return Mars. So we have Mars square Uranus almost exact within the soul return chart. And that is also having some indication on the nature of your career life changing suddenly around you. And very often when we have Mars Uranus, it says, you know, something could have been stable today, but by this afternoon, it completely shifts in a way where how you have to then do that thing is very different from how you've ever done it before. So it's it's like uh, the difference between, you know, driving on the freeway in an automatic car, and then all of a sudden it changes to a standard shift car, and you don't really know how to drive a standard shift car, but you have to figure it out on the on the spot because you're essentially driving on the freeway and you have no time to pull over or to stop for help because it changes in the process of it actually happening. And that can be something that you find occurring in terms of your career landscape right now, but also you have this Venus squaring this Uranus as well with Venus ruling the fourth house, which means this is also something that's impacting your family and everything you know about the stability of your family as you know it. Everything that you know about how the family operates is also being impacted by this sudden change of circumstances. And that further increases the notion that this is a stressful year unfolding, both stressful in terms of career, but stressful in terms of the familial piece as well, as well as to those stresses is added the need for you to show up and hold down the fort as a responsible person within the situation, which as you pointed out earlier, those responsibilities can feel like a bit of a boulder that's making you feel that much more lethargic in terms of your response to action, but those responsibilities are really how you're being asked to show up right now to be the responsible one and to step into the situation in a way where you are the one who sets it right. Now, I think the other thing with the Mars squaring the Uranus is that the 10th house is the house of the mother from a traditional perspective. And having this Mars ruling the 10th house squaring the Uranus also brings into question what shocks and changes does mom find herself having to face within this current period you know what are the uh, jarring things to her own nervous system that she finds herself being thrust into that really starts to take up 
a big chunk of your own personal life in terms of how this year before you is unfolding. Has that already started to come to light or is this something that we think is probably a little bit further down? It has already started coming to light and I have been uh, working on that. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. So you feel as if right now you're stepping in with the intention of making it easier for her so that she can assimilate some of those changes in a way that isn't as intense. Well, right. Um, it's, it's probably more of me stepping in so that I'm not in an even more difficult situation later. Mm -hmm. And so that I'm able to, uh, I wouldn't say retrieve, but I'm able to preserve and gather those things that I know that are important to her regarding her own legacy, the legacy of the family work, et cetera. And in doing that now, stand a better chance or the best chance of preserving what I know she would want, mm -hmm. which ultimately could be positive for me, but I'm at this point doing it for her. Got it, got it. Okay, so now there's another big piece that I think is worth us talking about. And I mean, even before we go into that, if we look at how the soul return chart is interacting with your natal chart, we see that both the Mars, which is representing your career this year, is in an exact square to your natal Neptune. And we also see that the Venus, which is representing the family, the home, where you physically find yourself in the world, is also picking up the square to that natal Neptune. And like we said earlier, Neptune just makes things a little bit more fuzzy around the edges. And it also makes it uh, more difficult for us to really get clear and more difficult for us to really see what the correct course of action is in terms of what we find ourselves going through, because everything seems so vast and so nebulous that it can feel, one, exhausting, and so here we see that this Mars, solar return Mars squaring Neptune, could be bringing up questions about how does the work I'm doing right now, both in terms of your career, but also just in terms of this larger commitment that you're making to your family, how does this work that I'm doing right now exhaust me? How does it leach energy off of me? How is it draining me and fundamentally draining my backup of energy that I have to actually show up right now in a way that feels vital and alive and confident. So on the one hand, the Mars square Neptune is having that question to ask. And it's also a question regarding your mom as well, because within the soul return chart, the Mars is ruling the 10th house, which represents the mom. And so it's saying, and even for my mom, how is she in a state that might have her feeling depleted in terms of energy? How is she in a state that has her feeling a bit confused about how she's showing up within the world right now and how she is able to show up within the world right now? So it could be a confusing situation for you, but it could also be a confusing situation for her. And then I think added to that, 
is this question about what impact does all of this stuff have on your career in the long run? And maybe while all of this is going on, you're also asking yourself deeper questions about the sort of career you're doing and where you want to see that going and how that's manifesting. And so it's like, these are very existential questions because when we find ourselves going through Neptunian periods, we also find ourselves asking hugely existential questions and, you know, we're really only meant to ask one existential question at a time, because too much of that can make us feel like we're swimming in a vast ocean, and as if we can't actually see the parameters of where solid land is. And so this could be the feeling that you have in relationship to your maternal obligations, or rather the obligations you have to your mother, but it could also be how you're feeling in terms of your relationship to the family unit in general. And I think with this Venus ruling the fourth house of this soul return chart, Venus being squared by Neptune can also bring up questions about, you know, do I even want to live in this house anymore? Do I feel as if this house that I'm currently living in is a place that can continue to facilitate my own sense of well-being and ease so how much of that feels like it's it's coming up for you right now within the situation please 100 percent hmm. even the house piece yes <laughs> <laughs> you want to know more I would love to know more because we had not we haven't spoken about that before. And so I just pulled that from the Venus Neptune, but that isn't actually something that you had spoken about initially. So please do tell me more. So my mother lives in a different uh, place than I do uh, far away. And I have to go there in order to support her and her personally and matters that are important and matters that are required for her well-being. So that's one thing. And that of course takes me, takes the energy I would otherwise be using for strength and fortitude in my existing work, but that's workable because as you mentioned before, I like to work at home. So any version of home can be that, whether it's her home, a hotel room, a vacation room, et cetera. So that part is not impossible, but it does take energy. But the other piece of that is essentially I'm having to really primarily of my own volition and vision, put, put uh, create boundaries, create container for this Neptunian content, which is in a Neptunian, fuzziness, vastness, and on the one hand, the Neptunian piece, and because I have a lot of Piscean energy natally, I can use it in, in many ways that I see fit, but that is still in itself, as anyone knows who's created anything, whether you are an artist or an astrologer or anything, to create something, to become something takes a lot of energy and focus. So it's like creating a new career in many respects. But then there are also complexities there. And, you know, how much do you really want to do that? Sometimes it just feels good to sit down on the sofa and not deal with any of it. Because at the end of the day, you don't have to deal with anything. The world will still spin and you'll be okay. Or at least I will be in this case. So in a sense, I have really just elected myself to take these responsibilities and, and to 
preserve things of the family, which is really through my mother exclusively, because it doesn't have to do with my siblings at all. It's really her and she. Um, just since, since I'm commenting regarding the other family where it could be difficult or the uh, it would really be, those are satellite people, but yes, that is out there. And then the question about the house piece Yes, I question whether where I am located currently, whether this is the right place mm -hmm. um, and whether I would have to be uh, elsewhere or, or, or all of that. And so while I may make no changes in either of those things, I will at a minimum, if I keep things as they are and just try to use my own energy to facilitate all of this, I will be depleted. And so, and that may, that's more what I am in the, experience of having done in my life of having to draw from myself um, in order to keep things in a beautiful Libra smoothness or to the extent that that's possible. Um, so really trying to figure out how to balance those things is my challenge as I see currently. Okay. Did I answer all the points? You, you definitely did. And I just wanted to touch on a few things in terms of the potential for a move. We do see a few move signatures here within this chart, one of which being the fact that you have the soul return Venus in a square aspect to your natal Neptune and Venus Neptune with the Venus ruling in fourth house could feel like I feel kind of disillusioned in terms of the place where I'm currently living and as a result of that I may be ready for a change. And sometimes people have Venus, Neptune, and they discover mold within their house. And as a result of that, they feel thrusted into an effort that makes them feel like they want to move, or they find something disappointing about where they currently are. And as a result of that, they're like, I can't stay here anymore. Like, I literally can't stay here anymore. I don't feel like this is where I need to be. And it's time for me to send myself elsewhere is one way how that manifests when we have the rule of the fourth house being squared Neptune in any chart, basically. And then the second thing is that you also have the Venus in the soul return chart being squared by Uranus in the soul return chart with the Venus ruling the fourth house of the soul return chart. And fourth house or Lord four square Uranus is always going to be a thing where it feels like the ground underneath me is begging me to be elsewhere. And it's doing that at a level where it's even creating lightning in my bed. So I can't even sleep comfortably at night because everything within my situation is saying, hey, you know, there's someplace else where you can be. It isn't necessarily here. It's time for you to shake up your relationship to what it means to have this home in the world and find someplace else. So Venus Uranus in this context could be bringing up a sense of, I need to move, I need to get out, I need to be elsewhere. Uh, and then the last thing, last two things, is we know that the moon in general is the universal significator of home and of domesticity. And we have your moon in the quincunx relationship with Uranus. This is moon 13 Sag, Uranus 12 degrees Taurus. And that Queen Kong's relationship is saying that home probably doesn't feel like home right now, or I probably, I, as in you, Louise, probably feel more spaciousness surrounding what it means to be anywhere at all. 
and that spaciousness is causing you to reconsider what it means to be where you currently are right now. And then the last thing is that with the South Node in the fourth house within this chart, there feels like there's a hole within your home environment. And I spoke a bit about that earlier, but it can literally feel as if staying where you are as you are feels like there's a, a leak within the household environment. And that leak isn't just a leak of you know, physical water or anything, but that leak is really a leak of your own energy and your own vitality within that space. Does that make sense? Yes, totally. Okay. Now, to that note, you do have Pluto this entire year in an exact square relationship to your home at 28 degrees Libra in the solar return chart, as well as your job at 28 degrees Aries in the solar return chart. And Pluto is at 28 degrees Capricorn in the solar return chart. So this axis of stability of home and work is being completely asked to transform, whether you like it or not. And I think that when we talk about anything, particularly Plutonian, there is this notion of whether you like it or not. Because Pluto is a planet of forced transformation. You know, people say transformation, but it isn't just any transformation. It is a forced transformation. And it's also the planet of a forced initiation. And so at this point within your life, you could be very well being ushered into doing something that feels forced, but also something that feels initiatic, and also something that ties into this larger notion of endings. And it's having a direct impact on the career that you're doing and saying, hey, you know, what is my goal in terms of this career that I'm doing? And does this seem like something I'm doing in the long term? Because this year you're being demanded to make sacrifice. And the sacrifices that are coming up are sacrifices regarding your physical location and the stability that that brings, as well as possibly also the career that you currently have in that location and the stability that that brings, you see? Yes, this is all unsurprising. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, However, I will just say that my current work I can do from anywhere, fortunately. Um, and I can also even expand it and continue to be anywhere. So that part of it is good. Mm -hmm. um, and however, the other work may demand that the emerging work, family things may demand that I reside near slash with my mother. Mm -hmm. Okay. So now Louise, either way, there's an energy, either way, there's an energy leak, most likely, mm -hmm. for different reasons. One being, obviously, if I was with my mother and the, you know, uh, having to devote my energy to a new way of being and also working very hard, essentially on two different, very demanding um, careers that are different, totally. Um, although I'm happy about it in, in one sense, I'm happy about the work per se and, and what that means. But the other um, leak is that I'm not able to access some of it or just the restrictions that I might feel in order to participate in what is going on where I am currently residing. 
Hey everyone, I hope that you enjoyed today's episode of Michael's Astrology Hotline. It's really so special for me to be able to use astrology to help people who are going through real life situations and real life issues. And I just feel so humbled to be able to share this practice with all of you and to share this astrology with you fundamentally. I think that the world needs more positive representations of astrology in action in it. And one of the things that I impart to all of my students at Oraculos is the ability to do real astrology with people who are going through real issues. And so we really focus on how to use astrology in a concrete way, in a grounded way, and in a way that ultimately helps people to guide their lives and to charge a path through some of the very challenging things that life has the ability to throw our way. So if you are someone who can benefit from this work, please feel free to check out our website at www.oraculosastrology.com and check out Michael's Astrology Hotline. And you can book a session for yourself. You can book a session for somebody else who you know and love because I definitely love having this opportunity to be able to help all of you in a way that truly makes you feel held and supported by astrology. Also, as always, if you want to learn how to practice astrology in this same way, then the best place I can suggest for you to do so is here at Oraculos in our upcoming Foundations of Classical Astrology program, which begins this October 1st, 2022. The Foundations of Classical Astrology program is the program to be a part of if it is your desire to master traditional astrology and to charge a path of excellence in the world for yourself as an incredible traditional astrologer. So if that's something that you want to do, and if you know that you want to learn how to master traditional astrology so that you can go on and establish a thriving and successful personal practice for yourself, then by all means, check out our website at www.oraculosastrology.com. Check out our programs page and sign up for the Foundations of Classical Astrology program today, which begins the 1st of October, 2022. I cannot wait to deep dive with you into a world of excellent, thorough, and concrete astrology here at the Oracular School of Astrology. Until next time, I'm Michael A. Bryan, leaving you in love and peace and hope. Until we meet again, have a good one. Bye-bye.